Hello, welcome to Journey into an Unknown World. I'm Dr. Margaret Rogers Van Koops, and I've decided, as always, to share with you my point of view on the strange, the unusual, the different, put something into a new slant so that maybe it'll help you to think about yourself in different ways. And today I decided to talk about perceptions. Actually, um, we all argue about how we see things, how we hear things, how we feel things. We all uh, want everyone else to see and hear and feel in exactly the same way. But the problem is, when we start to sit down and uh, share, we actually find out that the way we perceive things in this world are very different. So I'd like to share with you some of the things that I've experienced with people over time that has caused uh, some kind of umbrage, arguments, uh, discourse, as well as having um, some strange and unusual experiences. So I'm going to start with a very paranormal thing. I had a client who told me that they had been out in the garden late at night and that suddenly a spaceship had come down and landed in the field nearby. She had immediately felt that she had to go see what it was and remembers very clearly going out into the field and standing looking at this spaceship which she then described as silver-like, uh, very much uh, more like a saucer shape I believe, and that it was flashing lights. Now at that point she was so sure and absolutely a hundred percent right in her own mind that she had actually witnessed this alien craft. But when we hypnotized her we found out that she'd actually been in a dream state and that when we asked her if she'd actually gone into the field she told us that she had not, that she had remained standing looking out at the field. At the time she had a family member with her and so we asked the family member if we could actually um, hypnotize that person and once we did and asked the questions, did you see the spaceship, we discovered that not only did the person see the spaceship, but actually went into the field. So who was watching who? Who was seeing what? And of course, when we, we brought them both out of hypnosis, they were able to remember what they had said and were amazed that each had seen the other person's point of view, or had they. In other words, what I'm saying is we have the ability to imagine, we have the ability to create within ourselves the ideas that what has happened to someone else has happened to us. So it's like learning vicariously. We actually um, believe because we tell ourselves over and over again, it happened to me. And the more we embellish the idea of what happened to us, the more the mind believes it's real until eventually the story has become so changed that over time the essence of what really was is lost. Now I want to move for a minute into history as 
ancestors. You know, we can go back in time and we can say that we learned a great deal from historians, people who wrote down what happened in actual events during their time. But how do we know that the way they wrote it was actually the way it really was? For example, if uh, my spirit guide, Cornelius Tacitus, tells me about the way Rome was uprising and the way uh, people were fighting one another and the internal revolution and everything that happened, I can really see and perceive it from the way he tells me and the way I've seen movies and my imagination. But was I really there? Did I really see those things? Or am I creating the idea that I have an identity with that time and with those ways. I was actually talking to my father recently, who is 95 years old and seems to have a very long memory. And uh, he recalled an incident that I thought was quite amazing when uh, we were standing by the royal palace and the gates opened and the queen came out in her black car and was waving gently at everybody who was standing waving back and I remember that very clearly. I was only eight years old and uh, she wasn't queen then um, but uh, you know I was coming up for my ninth birthday and uh, her, her uh, presence was becoming publicly known let's put it that way. So my father was recalling this and immediately announced that he had actually spoken to the Queen at that time. Well, of course, he'd have a hard time speaking to her while she's driving along in a car, and really she's not even driving because someone else is. Um, but uh, in his mind, he really spoke to her. And if I told him, Dad, we were just standing there, he would have argued with me because in his mind, that was his memory. So I'm shifting your point of view now to what is your memory really like? The things that you recall are colored by your emotions. If you don't feel something about the situation, you're very likely to forget it within minutes. For example, this sounds terrible, but I'm telling the truth. Sometimes I'm introduced to people and their, their name is told to me and uh, I, I listen intently to what they do and uh, really try to remember their name. And five minutes later, I can't recall it. And I ask myself, why can I not recall it? Well, the truth is, I haven't made an emotional link with them. I haven't bonded with them on some level. So although I know what they do, I'm still waiting to feel them. Now we all have a lot of moments like that where we're with people, we hear them, we're interested in what they're doing, but in some way we haven't bonded. And if we haven't bonded, how can we really know how we feel about someone? How can we really understand how they feel about us? So once we start talking and we start sharing our lives, we start to, identi to identify um, whatever we're talking about 
with those feelings and this person. And of course, we start to talk and we start to realize, hey, I don't see eye to eye with you. I don't see point to point. I don't think the way you think. Or I feel the way you feel, but I don't feel it in the same manner. Like I'm, you might be angry, I'm sad. Or you might be thinking that this is hard work. I'm thinking what a delight. This is something new to learn. So what is it in us that makes our point of view different? Well, the truth is, it all has to do with our coding from our ancestors. It has to do with the DNA. It has to do with the coding from the soul structure, which gives your spirit a way to be in your body so that you can have a character and personality. So if I take three siblings from one family who've all got different codings from their spiritual self into their body, they've all got the same DNA factor, they've all got the same history of being brought up with mom and dad, but were they all present at the same time doing the same thing from the same point of view in a room? And the answer is no, because no one can get inside another person's body. So let's do a drama here. Let's say mom has just tripped over the vacuum cleaner and falls headlong into the sofa. Okay, one child is in one corner of the room, another child is sitting on the sofa, and the third child is gazing out the window. In the moment that that happens, one child is listening more intently and hears something unexpectedly and turns around to see mum flying through the air. Another child is watching clearly and sees it all happening in detail and thinks it looks funny because it's like slipping on a banana. While the child sitting on the sofa is seeing some big form coming at them and is in danger of being bumped on the head and darts out of the way. So it's busy thinking about saving themselves. Well, each one of those children will remember that mum fell on the couch. What they won't remember is the absolute details. Because their mind is busy adapting to the situation, to the programming from their spirit, to the manner in the way they think and feel and act, to their own personal safety. And of course, underneath all that is what is a lesson? What's going on? So when you're next with someone who is sharing with you, I would like it if you could just remember what I'm saying and say to yourself, they're going to have a different point of view from me. Even though we have lots of things in common, they're not going to quite see the way I'm saying things or they're not going to hear me the way I want them to hear me or they're not just going to get the whole of me in some way, but I get them, and it's okay, all right? Now, if you'd like to talk to me about this, you can always write to me at drmargaretrvc at gmail.com. I do answer all my emails. 
Um, if you'd like to see my website, it's www.sumaricenter.com. And if you'd like any of my books that are available on Amazon, you can go there and find them by searching my name. Sometimes my books are just under Margaret Rogers, and sometimes they're under Margaret Rogers Van Coops. So you'll find whatever you need, I'm sure. And if there's something like the way to oneness that I'm reworking on now, I eventually will have that as an ebook. You can get all my books as ebooks. So things are available to you. Now, let me come back to perceptions. Whatever your situation, whether you're having fun, like being at a ball game, or you're on the street watching a, a motor car accident, whatever is going on, the first thing that happens within you is your eyes observe, and your eyes observe and notice what flickers. So while someone may be running to uh, get to the home post or goal or whatever it is that they're trying to do and you're yelling away, wow, wow, come on, come on, someone may be wh wagging a flag right near you and that will distract you and you may possibly just miss that moment when they reach a home base or the kick the goal in or maybe you saw the goal but you didn't see the kicker. Whatever it is, there may be some part of you that missed something. While your neighbor sitting right close to you is looking at those details and not seeing the flag wave. So what is it that catches our eye? Well basically something that catches our eye is happening because the brain is saying what's that? Am I safe? Yeah, in seconds we are able to process the image turn it upside down in our brain, take it into our subconscious, try and find some similar images, and then bring it out as, aha, I know what that is, I'm safe. But if we have a feeling that comes along with it that says, well, I know what it is, but the last time I saw it, I was not very safe, then an immediate urgency to protect self will arise. Caution comes into your consciousness. Now your perception is all about alertness. What actually is going on around me? I want to see all the details. I want to be in charge of my situation. And of course, your focus will be about self-preservation. And if you have a lot of memories, related to being uncomfortable in a similar situation, you're going to run the mental tapes of those memories. So your dialogue is going to come out of your mouth in defense. You're going to be saying things like, well, this is happening now, but I remember in the past when this happened before, and now I'm going to justify, rationalize, and explain why I'm responding the way I am to this given situation now. Okay, perhaps you're in a marriage that doesn't work. And, you know, one more time that spouse is doing just that one more thing you hate the most. And out of your mouth comes this 
irrational or rational dialogue of all the times they never did or should have done or could have done or might have done and ought to have done etc etc and here you are running the memory of all the images of all the times that you've ever seen them fading okay and of course they're on the other side looking at you going what are you talking about i don't remember those times i wasn't looking at myself seeing myself doing those things you're talking about or not doing the things you wanted me to do i have no idea what you're talking about well of course at that point that person wants to defend themselves from their point of view they've been watching you seeing you do all the sorts of things that they don't like or that you've forgotten and so on and the next thing you know you're receiving back all the ideas and all their thoughts about you and before you know it you're in a big argument each yelling at one another sharing your perspectives sharing your point of views and not hearing one single word of truth so you think so how are you going to be able to really perceive yourself one of the things i like to do is to have mirrors around so i can watch myself while i'm talking well actually i don't do it too much now because i'm pretty old but when i had the kids home i had mirrors all over the house and while i'm busy yelling at them and telling them to tidy up their room or something i can glance over and get a view of my awful angry face and then go away and go oh gosh i didn't like that image my kids were looking at me with this angry face i need to find another way to put out my rules and regulations with a smiley face that was a big lesson for me and of course later whenever i was doing dance or in a studio i could see myself full body in the mirror i had to watch myself and see my positions and everything i was doing and i thought here's my body language i can see if i'm upright or bent over i can see if my stomach's drooping out i can see myself now am i judging myself is my perception of myself bad or am i looking going hey I see that, but I can correct that. I can upright my back, or I can bend a little further to the left or the right. I can straighten myself up. You know, I see so many people that aren't well. And they they think they're walking upright. They think they're walking in a, in a very easy way. But I'm looking at them, and I'm seeing that their aura is crooked, their body is crooked, and their mind is crooked, their emotions are crooked and generally they are miserable well we don't need to be like that we can have a whole different perception about ourselves we can look in the mirror and say i love you today we can look at the body and say this is the body my spirit lives in and as it is like an overcoat i need to take care of it i'm going to have a new hairdo i'm going to buy myself a new suit i'm going to give myself a new personality today i'm going to develop the wise me or the technical me or the counselor me i'm going to give myself what i need instead of oh i'm too old or oh i'll never learn it or oh i'm useless okay dialogue 
We need to look at dialogue. We need to look at the way we perceive ourselves and the way we describe ourselves. Okay? What you speak out loud, your brain hears. And if you say it enough times, you're hypnotizing yourself to believe every word you say. And of course, then, if people come up to you and say, look, that's not true, you're not like that. You know, you're really very different. You should see that about yourself. You know, I love you, I see this wonderful you. Okay, it's time you need to stop and say, why don't I see that? Why don't I see myself as beautiful? Now, beauty is, as they say, only skin deep, or whatever that saying is, or not skin deep, I can't remember. But whatever it is, beauty is in the soul. So, all these expressions we have in the world, you know, I'd give my right arm if only I could. Or, um, you know, I'll um, sacrifice myself for the sake of my children. All these things that you say are not good for you. They're not good for anyone else. Why? Because it creates in their perception of you a martyr, someone who's miserable. Who wants to be around someone who's miserable? Nobody. So take a deep breath and catch yourself speaking to yourself or catch yourself listening to yourself talking and describing your misery, your pain and your suffering. Stop and think about that. I wrote a book called The Rejection Syndrome which is available on Amazon.com. In fact, you can download it as an ebook too. In there, I talk about the soul structure and the coding and how we develop a personality and a character. But more importantly, there are lots of stories in there, and they are stories. And I think if you can read that, you'll begin to understand how people perceive themselves and how they put themselves down and denied themselves the joy of living a life in fullness. Now you might say, well, you know, I've got no money. I'm losing my house. I haven't got any real friends. I'm all alone in this world. There's no one to help me. Help. Well, the bottom line is, yes, we all need help of some kind, but ultimately, our help comes from our inner self, the part of us that says, I'm willing to try. I'm willing to motivate myself. I'm willing to get out there and taste, touch, feel, and experience what the world has to offer. When you were a little child, when you were two years old, you weren't saying to yourself, I can't cross the room and touch that vase or I can't climb on this chair and reach up to the candies on top of the shelf. You just went ahead and did it. Spontaneity. You need to find that in yourself. You need to sp find spontaneity in your everyday life about everything you do. Okay, you need a, a ritual, you need a routine, you need to feel safe on some level, but you can do it in a spontaneous way. You can also give yourself permission to change your routine around. You can change your behavior. You can change the way you're thinking. You can do anything you want to do because you have the will, the passion, and the desire to change your perspective on your life, 
to change your point of view. Now, if you've seen lots of movies, horror movies, or you know, violent movies, that's not going to help you too much because you're going to sit there and identify with those kinds of things. And you're going to say, oh God, the world is a horrible place and I'm afraid to go out there because everywhere I go, I see damage. I see dysfunctional people. I see immoral people. I see killing and so on and so forth. And of course, if you watch the news every day, you see that there too. But how about blinking a few times in between those thoughts and look out into the world and see the flowers and see the kind woman who helps someone else with some food or the man who bothers to give a donation to the local school. There are lots of private quiet acts of goodness all over the world. There are lots of healers, there are lots of counsellors who are private individuals who don't wave their banners in the sky, who don't go online and pronounce what they're doing. Appreciate them. See them. See them for who they really are. Perceive them as joyful beings and then join in with them. Become one of those joyful beings who is helping people to do lots of things in this world to make this world a better place to live in. I know that you have a good heart. You need to know that. I know that you have a good spirit. You need to know that. No one is born on this earth with a bad heart or a bad spirit. They learn that. They learn that through being demoralized, by being treated badly, by being abused, by not being understood, and then by mentally telling themselves, no one loves me, no one cares about me, I'm angry about that, I'm jealous of what other people have, I want some of that, I'm going to go out there and just take it. And they become violent. They become angry in such a way that they destroy so much of the goodness. Let's stop that. Let's start to think about the children and what they see in our house while we're angry with that. What they see while we moan and groan about what is wrong in our lives. I knew when I grew up that there were lots of things that I had to deal with because of World War II. It wasn't an easy time. We had racism. We had no money. We had no way of believing and trusting in a positive world until the war ended. And then we started. We started rebuilding and rebuilding and rebuilding until we are what we are today. There was a lot done. It's time to look back at our pioneers. It's time to look back at our role models. And then it's time to look at how far we've come because of them. And it's also time to look at the people who are role models today. We need to appreciate them. We need to take a leaf out of their book and put it in our own book. And we need to write our own journal, our own life story of how we want to be seen, how we want to be remembered, and how we want to affect changes in this life changes in this world. Whether it's just with your kids up at the local school 
or simply online with a few friends on Facebook. Whatever it is that you're doing, remember, you are affecting someone else. Your existence, your life is touching someone else. Wouldn't you want to be remembered for being a good person, a positive person, a happy person, a person with a good point of view, a good perspective in balance on everything that's happening in life? So don't judge. Don't take sides against someone else because that causes revolution and revolution causes destruction. Well, okay, destruction can be good sometimes because if we lose something, we've got to rebuild. And if we rebuild, we've got to have a new perception on what we want. So it's important to think about that for yourself. What do you want in your life? in the future. Where will you see yourself being in, say, another 10 years' time? Well, of course, you won't know all the facts, but you can dream, you can have your goals, you can have your ambitions. But remember, there are people who will come into your life who will offer their input, and maybe their perception on your ideas might expand your idea a little take you into a new dynamic of who you are and what you want. I always say, have an open mind and be ready whenever you can to share with someone else because maybe your open mind will help someone else expand their mind. Again, if you'd like to chat with me, you can write me, drmargaretrvc at gmail.com or you can go and download this three free hypnosis which is available on www.drmargaretrvc.com and you can ask me any questions you might want to ask me on a new website that we're going to create soon so I'm putting it up because I know it's going to be done eventually which is www AskDrMargaret.com I believe that's right. If it's not, forgive me and I'll give you another one next time on the next show. But until then, please keep in touch with me. You know, I like to know any topics that you're interested in, so do write to me. Suggest some topics. There's a vast number of things we can talk about still. And if you have any questions that you'd like to be addressed during the show, then please give me some because I can mention you. I'm also very interested in looking for anyone who'd like to be a sponsor on this show to help me cover the cost of recording this show. So anyone who's out there who's listening, who's been enjoying the shows, please uh, share it with anyone else you know who might need help. Because, yes, there's lots of people out there through 2011 and 2012 who are going to need guidance and help. So please retweet it, share it on Facebook, download it from uh, iTunes. And until we meet again, I want to say, contact me again.
at www.sumaricenter.com. Bye.